0: ancestors did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. And the next reading to Timothy 3. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you'd like to keep that in
1: front of you, that'd be uh, really helpful. and um, We're just taking a break this uh, Sunday from our series that we've started in Genesis. So we'll be back into Genesis next week, uh, which which we're looking forward to. But for today, yeah, because it's Mother's Day, we're going to have a look at these couple of passages, along with the ones that we shared with the kids. So when we think about mums, you've really got to ask the question, where would we be without mums? Where would we be? Well, I reckon we'd probably be cold. My mother was always putting a jumper on me. I'd say, mum a jumper, I'd define a jumper as something I'd wear when she was cold. I don't know whether you were like that. We'd be hungry, uh, we'd be dirty, and not even that just because they were there mothering us, but we wouldn't have learned how to do these things. Mums are often the ones that teach us to care for ourselves. If you're a mum here today, my goal in this talk is to, I just want you to be encouraged, encouraged in what God's given you to do. And if you're not a mum, I want you to be filled with gratitude to God for the mums that are in your lives. But like we've said with the kids, there is a greater depth for us as Christians. Like we call each other brothers and sisters, Paul says to Timothy there in that passage that Matt read for the kids that we really do need to think about older, older women as our, as our spiritual mothers. Now, that doesn't mean we've got to work out and define who's old and who's young. We're not playing that kind of game. That's an easy way to upset someone, isn't it? I'm not going to go there. But we're strongly reminded that we are a family. We are a family. And so, biological motherhood isn't the extent of mothering in the family of God, is it? That's not the extent of it. All women here who are in Christ and maturing in their faith, they're considered to be mums in God's family, mums to younger ones. I've heard many of times people say, I'm too old to run with the youth anymore. I won't help you out with youth group. But then I've seen mums or ladies who are in their 30s and 40s and doing a wonderful thing, caring for, and we've got them in our church too, caring for and loving the youth in our church. There's easy ways to do this. If you're one of these older ladies, just asking someone, asking the kids and teens how they're going, showing an interest in them, it's all those kind of things. So here's a little challenge and I've written a number here, I'm reluctant to say it, but if you're in that range where you've kind of got past your your own childbearing, really take, take effort to ask after the younger mums, how they're going. That's a, I think I got away with that. I think that's a pretty safe thing to say. It's a pretty big thing, isn't it? The first woman in, was called Eve. In our Bibles, was called Eve. And, and I don't know whether you know this about the name Eve, but it literally means mother of all that is living. That's a huge title, isn't it? Mother of all who is living. There's something inherent in womanhood that ties to motherhood. Now, of course, we live in a, in a world that's fallen, it's broken. So there's, there's going to be plenty of times where that doesn't marry up, that doesn't line up. We know about things like infertility. We, we have um, singleness and singleness by choice and singleness by uh, calling. And, and not all women are going to be mums. But like we've just seen, there's the amazing truth in God's family that what a mum actually is. Someone who mothers someone who cares. And that's something that you really pick up in, in these two readings that Bob's given given us. So just glance your eyes back over the first one. That's the one that says 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 5. And in this passage, Paul, he's doing something. He's praising God, which is where praise belongs, praising God for Timothy's faith. And we do. We praise God for other people's faith because faith is a an awesome thing to see in action, and we praise God for it because faith is a gift from God, as we know. And as he praises God for his faith, he's thinking that his faith is so sincere, that it's so genuine, and we want to be on board with that too. But This is really cool what he says here. He actually picks up, Paul picks up about this guy, young young apprentice of his, Timothy, that he sees that his faith is the same quality as his mum and his grandma. His mum is named Lois, oh no, his mum is named Eunice, and his grandma is named Lois. Now, I'm not saying too much, that it's, sorry, I don't think it's saying too much to, to take out of this that they have modelled this faith to him. That as he's grown up in the faith, that, that a big part of his growth has been how it's been modelled by these godly women, these mums playing a huge part in Timothy's formation, to being actually a pretty significant guy when you look at the whole New Testament. Now, there is a lot that Paul doesn't say here, so we don't want to read anything into this that's not there. But what is there is an implicit example of the potential of the very special relationship of a mother. It's there, isn't it, in the care, in the nurture the trust, the love of God, it's on display. So much so that, that at one point when Jesus looks out over, over a crowd and, he sees, and, he's, and he's kind of like looking at how lost they are, he actually uses a metaphor like this, how I've longed to take you under my wings like a mother takes her chicks. That's that, that's that picture of motherhood, isn't it? Nurture and care. And so in that special relationship, it's on display. And also, in the closeness of a mother-to-child relationship, the faith of a godly woman is given as an example to a child of how to grow up. And and that closeness that you just don't get in a whole lot of other relationships. And then finally, what about the patience and long-suffering of a mum? Isn't that it? Isn't that an example and isn't that a perfect place where where kids who who don't sleep, who get sick, who who depend on them for food, and a mum, she'll often keep showing up hour after hour. Can we get much of a better example of the patience of God for us? It's really amazing, isn't it? Now, I just want to take an aside having said those things. Because I want to say this in a really balanced way this morning. I imagine being a mum and hearing this stuff, might, you, you might be filled up with joy for the privilege of being a mum. But I could also imagine hearing those things and being reminded of those things, it can equally sound like pressure's on. It's a big responsibility and a big calling. And we live in a culture where, where the pressure is on people all the time and on mums a lot of the time a culture where it says we've got to have it all we've got to have our you know things in order our looks in order our our getting our stuff and, and keep it all together while we're looking after all these little kids and I know that mums often feel this pressure in a big way in the church we've got to be above this in each other's lives as we love each other, we've got to be above this too. I really think as a family of God, we've got a duty to really love and encourage our mums, to love and encourage them in Christ, to love and encourage them by being gracious, and to love and encourage them with help to get stuck in and lend the hand that they need. And I think too... As a family of God, we've got, to, we've got to keep a really nurturing environment for all the women to see that women mature in their faith and are courage, encouraged to be those spiritual mums, cheering them on when they're helping out with youth group or mentoring a younger mum or going along to kids' church or different things like that. Making sure that they're equipped and thanked and appreciated and given the space to mother in the faith, like that verse pushes it to. The keeping that attitude of love and grace. Now, this is a great passage from Philippians that takes us right into the heart of that. And you can apply this with every relationship. But let's think about it, how it looks in terms of mums today. They're going to pop up. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. This is instruction to all of us. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That speaks to us in all our relationships, doesn't it? But Think about how we relate to the mums, who were doing motherhood in this season of their life, what might it look for you to really live that out? I read in preparation for this talk an anonymous quote, at least I think it's an anonymous one, that says along these lines that there is no way to be a perfect mum but a thousand ways to be a good one. It's true. It's t- but as true as that is, there's lots of ways for a mum to be a good mum. We have to remain clear that when it comes to God, God isn't desiring perfection. That's not what God asks of us. And he knows that we won't always get a handle on it. I think a quote like this exists because it acknowledges the pressure that mums do feel in motherhood. True, hey? But what all Christian mums need is encouragement in their faith encouragement in whatever they're doing and for this encouragement I've actually gone to a a little reflection that I found from a Christian singer now her name's Caroline Cobb we've been listening to her a bit this week after I found her and I'd really commend to her her, you guys her work her name's Caroline Cobb if you want to write that down and have a look later but she wrote she wrote a song that we're actually going to listen to at the end of this talk and in this song uh, just reflecting on writing this song, she, she writes a few things that go along these lines. This is her reflections. She said, Being a mum of three young kids has felt a bit like being thrown into a pressure cooker. It's a good description, isn't it? The heat and stress of my everyday caused sin patterns that had probably always been there, but it caused them to bubble up to the surface again and again. I struggled with losing my temper, with my words coming out in anger. And then I struggled with the subsequent shame, frustrated with myself that I'd fallen short yet again and failed my kids who I loved. Next, I would pull myself up by my bootstraps, determined to try harder, to do better, but inevitably, in a high-stress moment, my sin would spill out again. In this season of failing and falling, God, in his kindness, helped me to rediscover the beauty of the gospel. I'd believed it all along, but I was functioning in motherhood as if it were not true. As I came to the end of myself and to the place of acknowledging my utter spiritual poverty, I found that God was carrying me to the foot of the cross. He pointed me back to the good news I could never achieve or deserve. It was as if he took my face tenderly in his hands, looked me in the eye with love and said, don't you see, this is why I sent my son. As a mum, I still fail every day, and more often than I'd like to admit. But like the snake-bitten Israelites in Numbers chapter 21, God invites me not to stare at my own snake bites and go on and sin, but to hold, behold the brazen serpent lifted high on my behalf. In the gospel, he invites me to run to the wonder of the cross. Rather than wallowing in my shame or striving to make the greatest a mum, I can ask my kids for forgiveness and then point them not to a perfect mum, but to a perfect saviour. And I do it again and again, because we never outgrow the gospel. It's a great reflection, isn't it? So, mums, we love you. And if you feel the pressure on to be perfect, we want you to remember Jesus. He's been perfect for the times, that, for what we can't live up to. Wrapping up the letter from Paul to Timothy... Paul actually shifts and he gets all about the truth here. It's a great part of our Bibles. This is the second reading that Bob gave us, so just glance your eyes over that as we wrap this up. In this part of the Bibles, it tells us that we've got to stick to the truth in our Christian walk, the truth of the gospel. And he tells us that we've got to stick to it because we live in an age where people oppose it, where people distort it, we're deceiving people, where people are deceived into rejecting it. But look at verse 14, what it says about this. As for you, continuing what you have learned and become convinced of because you've known those from who you've learned it. Tied up into knowing the truth is the fact that it's real in the lives of those who taught it to Timothy. Now, verse 10, right at the start of that reading, chapter 3, verse 10, tells us that that was Paul To some extent but then look at what verse 15 says about this and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures it's from infancy and you've got to ask well who was teaching him when he was a little fella and i think the start of the letter gives us a big clue to that it was his mum and his nanny now of course it's god's word that is powerful it's god's word that makes us wise for salvation like it's written there but It's not knowledge in isolation. It's not knowledge in isolation. In Timothy's case, it's his mom and his grandma, the mothering, the imparting, all rolled into one as a bundle with the truth. Again, it's implicit, not explicit, but it's a powerful example. Let's all remember that motherhood is huge. It's huge. It's a big thing. And it's a God-given thing. It's a God-given thing. And these verses just show the potential that's packed in for a God-honouring shaping of every generation to come, wrapped up in motherhood. So let's make sure that we honour it and that we cheer our mums on, really cheer them on. And that in doing that, we show them abundant grace. Because it's no small thing that they're given to do. Sacrificially give of ourselves to them. Because what they do for the kingdom, it's seen by God. And we don't always see it. But it, you can't underestimate it. That's the encouragement for all of this from these verses, for all of us. But mums... I'm not going to give the final encouragement. There's a last bit to the article that I was reading before from this singer, Carolyn Cobb. She said this, As Mother's Day approaches, well, it's here now, this is her words to other mums, let's cast aside both self-condemnation and self-reliance and live instead in the reality of the good news. Let's run more quickly to the cross when we fail our kids and get things wrong. Let's boast more often in Jesus and the power of the Spirit when we get things right. And may our love for our kids point them to the deeper, wider, and longer love bestowed on those who belong to the family of God. We'll listen to her song and then I'll get up and I want to pray for our mums. The song's called The Wonder.
2: tiny head on my shoulder when you reach for my head just to know
1: What you've established in your world. And Lord, to
0: create man and woman
1: in your image. And and Lord, to to bless women with this opportunity to to lead and guide and to care and nurture. And Lord, we just honour you for the mums. Lord, we thank you for those that have kids in their care right now, and Lord, we lift them up to you. Lord, we pray that they might know your abundant grace to tackle what they're doing. And Lord, we ask that they'd be refreshed. Lord, when they're seldom shown the appreciation that they really deserve, Lord, we pray that they'd know deeply that they're seen by you And loved so deeply by you. Lord, we pray for the mums that are like spiritual mums, Lord, the ones that get alongside and mentor and care. And Lord, we just pray that you'd multiply the blessing that they are. Lord, we pray for the pain in our lives where motherhood is broken, Lord, we hand that over to you. Lord, we ask that as a community here, Lord, that we might be part of reversing that as we live as your children. And Lord, where we live guided by your spirit, as you mould us into a community where older women act as spiritual mothers, so, Lord, open our eyes, Lord, that we won't have just honoured mums because it's Mother's Day, but, Lord, that we'd be changed people every time we hear your word and transformed, Lord, that we would, we would think the way that you think about mums and spiritual mums and, and what it is to be your people here and Lord we pray that that might be a light in our community and Lord we pray for all mums everywhere Lord throughout our community and our town and the ones that really got no support around them, the ones that struggle the ones that have kids that have got a lot of stuff going on Lord, we just pray that you would see them and let your mercy, you'd show them mercy, and Lord, that they'd know your love. Lord, that they have in you an opportunity to, to not be on their own, but to come to find you, Lord, that they might do it in your strength. And so, Lord, we pray these bold prayers, knowing that from your word you show us both how it's meant to work and how you redeem it. And boldly we ask for your power to live out your plan of redemption in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.